welcome to Sustainably Influence, the podcast, hosted by me, Bianca Foley. And me, Charlotte Williams. In this podcast, we explore our efforts to making changes to our lifestyle as influencers, to live a more eco-conscious lifestyle, and hope that we can encourage you to make one small change. This isn't just a podcast for influencers. We want this to be a community of people who are trying to do their bit, where we can learn from one another and share our tips. So join in the conversation over on our Instagram, at Sustainably Influenced. Today we're joined by Oxwash founder, Kyle Grant. After a career at NASA, Kyle founded Oxwash during his synthetic biology PhD at Oxford University. Armed with just a bike and a backpack, Kyle started collecting and washing clothes for fellow students. This quickly snowballed into a growing on-demand laundry business as interest grew. Kyle's passion for sustainability and tenacious entrepreneurial attitude continue to propel Oxwash to lofty heights. Welcome to the podcast, Kyle. So Kyle, thank you so, so much for joining us. We are so excited to have you on this episode. Um, Charlotte and I talk about laundry and cleaning and all sorts of things all the time. So this is like a dream come true for us. Um, Let's get into the first question. So Orsola de Castro once said, the most sustainable clothes are the ones already in your wardrobe. With more and more of us looking to make ethical changes to our lifestyles, people want to take care of their clothes and dry cleaning has kind of often been seen as the way to do that. However, consumers aren't aware of how toxic traditional dry cleaning methods are. Would you mind giving us a little bit of like a brief history or insight into how traditional methods work? Of course, absolutely. And um, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. It's a great opportunity to spread the Oxwash Bible, so to speak. Um, Dry cleaning, it's an industry that's existed for nearly a century. And on the face of it, you're absolutely right. You know, taking your items to a dry cleaners to get them clean, looking like new, and then reusing them again and again is much better than buying that item new, you know, from a shop and throwing your old one away. So on the surface, great industry, lots of really impassioned and artisanal people that work in the industry. Unfortunately, the technology hasn't changed in the last, well, 80, 75, 80 years. And back when plastics were first being derived as a material for us to use, in that process, scientists realized, oh, actually, part of the crude oil fractionate called perchloroethylene can be used for cleaning. It's a phenomenal solvent. It is really good at removing greasy stains and heavy soiling on items um, and works incredibly well for these new plastic derivatives like polyester and nylon and things like that, that we're making at the same time into fibers. And over the past you know, decades, we've seen this massive increase in the use of plastics in our clothing to where it constitutes 80% of our clothes. The problem with dry cleaning is it's incredibly toxic, not only for the people operating the machines that perform dry cleaning, the perchloroethylene solvent is carcinogenic. It's incredibly volatile. You can breathe it into your lungs, your respiratory tract, and it aggregates around the fatty tissues in your body. And over time that can become aggregated and to very dangerous levels where it can become cancerous. It also smells nasty and it's just a really nasty kind of volatile chemistry to have in your home, especially with pets and young children. Um, unfortunately, the kind of most recent innovations in the dry cleaning space have brought new solvents to market, which are greener. There's a liquid silicon based derivative, for example, um, which has a catchy name, which I won't mention because I don't want a bad name them. But unfortunately, it is only a minor stepwise you know, improvement. It's no longer 
as carcinogenic, which is a win, but as soon as it gets disposed of, um, it's incredibly toxic for the environment and really damaging. So it's something that I think people are becoming more and more aware of is actually, can we return to the way nature intended items to be clean? You know, going back to what scientists call the universal solvent, which is water. And actually a lot of the new technology in the laundry and dry cleaning or wet cleaning space, which I know we'll talk about, is around that return to nature and the use of water as the solvent to actually get items clean without side effects that damage you or the planet. Can I just say, sorry, I'm gonna butt in. How crazy is it that so many things that we've been used to as humans for so much of our lives, beauty products, cleaning products, things that are just our everyday products are causing us illnesses like cancer. Sorry, I've just, I hadn't done my research on this um, episode. So I'm like, what? Yeah, (laughs) it is crazy. It's bizarre. I think growing up, like my mum was always quite big on not using carcinogenic products and in the house and tried to use a lot of alternative things. So it's something that's always been at the forefront. And like, you look at like, um, what's it called? Um, Sodium lauryl sulfate. And all of these things are in your beauty products and like hair products to, to kind of emulsify them. But you don't think about it in terms of cleaning and household. And I think a lot of the time, that's why we're always a bit shocked when we we hear about these products being in general detergents and things. I find it really bizarre because it's as you said, though, there's that idea that we always talk about products being carcinogenic and all these other things. But the other thing with like dry cleaning, I think a lot of people think about the environmental side of it and the effect of of dry cleaning and using these um, chemicals on the environment. But we never talk about the people themselves. So we never speak about the dry cleaners. And like, could you tell us a little bit more, not just talking about obviously the cancer causing um, agents that are there, but the other long term effects on their health? Yeah, no, absolutely. (laughs) No, it's a great question. And unfortunately, one where I feel really bad for the people that work in traditional dry cleaners, because everyone can picture them, right? They're these high street staples all across the country, all across the world, in fact. And they've usually been there for generations. You know, it's the same premises, same lease, and very small and cramped. And often there's a receiving portion of the shop where you walk in, you do the exchange of your garments and the sales cycle. And then that garment is taken usually into the basement where the dry cleaning machine is, your perchloroethylene using dry cleaning machine and all of the kind of forming equipment and the irons. And it's usually incredibly cramped as well with very poor ventilation. And this has become such a problem that other countries around the world and states in America have banned dry cleaning and said, you cannot buy dry cleaning machines anymore. And those of you that have them need to massively improve ventilation because the long-term problem is breathing in that perchloroethylene again and again and again, a little bit like nail polish remover. It's incredibly, yeah, it smells just like it. Yeah, nail shop. Imagine just kind of breathing in nail polish remover, you know, at small volumes day in, day out, that will accumulate over time. And it's that kind of long-term effect that's only recently become a problem because, you know, dry cleaning's taken this long to become an obvious problem in the same way that plastic pollution and all of those kind of things are coming to light. Um, And there's all sorts of studies now coming to light from people that have done dry cleaning for generations showing all of these effects, which is why very rapidly countries around the world are saying, no, 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 no more of that. It's just a shame that the UK is somewhat behind the, the wave, so to speak. 
Wow. Do you know what? This is so interesting. We talk about dry cleaning. No, sorry. We talk about cleaning on every single episode. Um, <laughs> I, I think we were very excited for this one for that reason. Yeah. <laughs> Genuinely, it's actually really sad. Um, but this is actually mind-blowing. So, right, now let's flip this on the head then. So we've talked about all the bad stuff that's happening. And now there's been the introduction of green dry cleaners into our world so what as a brand oxwash what do you do that's classified as green in terms of the dry cleaning of course yeah i think that kind of green and the avoidance of appearing to green wash which is another huge problem is something that we take incredibly seriously and actually the business has been built from the ground up to flip the dry cleaning interaction or you know textile care interaction on its head in that we're very transparent with the technology that we use the way we employ and treat our staff ethically, our conditions in our lagoons, which are our laundry facilities. And you know, a lot of the content that we share with people on our social media channels and through leaflets and things shows the process, shows where your clothes go to be reborn, right? It's just not something people see. Um, for us, the key things come down to four facets of washing. You need to get four things right to get textiles and clothes clean. One is water, one is chemistry, so the detergents, conditioners, emulsifiers, things like that. Then you've got heat as well and mechanical motion. So actually how much is your drum moving around and the heat generated for that? Um, and then, of course, you've got the final bit, which is the, the actual finishing and, and forming of those items back into the, to their kind of original shape. Oxwatch is attacking each of those facets. You know, water consumption is a big one. In the very near future, freshwater scarcity is going to become a real problem. And, you know, a washing machine just drinks up water. The new kind of eco-friendly washing processes, like I've said, use water. So we need to make sure we're really, really good at maximizing cleanliness for every litre of water that we use, reducing the amount of water in the first place, as well as reclaiming it. So in some of our machines in our Oxford Lagoon, for example, we reclaim up to 60% of the water from each cycle, filter it, and then reuse it in the next cycle, which is super cool. In other machines, we just use less. So that's one of the kind of key bits of info. We also work with great partners in developing the next generation of cleaning chemistry. So we work with Vanish, which is a household name. You know, everyone knows it. Great stain remover. And they are absolutely fixated on generating a truly sustainable zero impact product. And we're helping them to do that and and basically formalize it in laundry, which is super cool. Yeah, that really, really cool. cool. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's like full circle right there. How did this start in your this is not a question that was on the list, but I now I'm like super interested. So how like why are you dry cleaning or green cleaning? Mm, like how did I this start, start? <laughs> Yeah, I started the business three years ago when I was doing my Ph.D., Truth be told, I just really wanted to do something that has a real world impact straight away. I'd always worked in big institutions and organizations where you're a tiny little cog in this massive clockwork mechanism. So I thought, let's do something impactful that's maybe non-intuitive. Fell into laundry by mistake because I hated doing it when I was at uni and then ended up in a career where I do it for life. So it's oh, it's kind of irony. bonkers. But <laughs> yeah, it really is. But what really that kind of eureka moment was when I went into a commercial laundry for the first time and basically walked in and was like, oh, no, this is awful. Have I literally walked back in time to a Victorian era sweatshop? It was awful. And I thought must be a unique case. And I went to see another 20 or 30 and they just got steadily worse. And I thought 
this is a great opportunity to bring some innovation, common sense and ethical practices into a market that is completely opaque, right? In, unless you're in the industry, who's been to a commercial laundry? Yeah, It's exactly. not a thing. That's why but I'm like, like, how? Like, how did you even yeah. think about this? Yeah, it, it's, and it was, it's been a great journey because laundry is something everybody needs, right? You know, everybody experiences it in some way and everyone's become habituated in doing it a certain way which it just isn't quite right. Why do we wash our clothes and at the same time dirty the planet? That is a trade-off that I believe can be broken. And actually you can clean clothes in a net zero impact manner. And that's why Oxwash exists. So I wanna go on to talk about wet washing. So we were introduced to this term um, in season one. Was it season one? Yeah, season one. Um, when Georgie, founder of Rotaro, um, spoke about it. Yeah, Georgie's amazing. Um, and we were just like, okay, what is this? Need to understand. Um, but it seems to be growing in popularity since that conversation because we've heard about it so much more since then. So could you talk us through in your professional um, experience what it is and um, why has this method of green dry cleaning become the preferred way for so many businesses? Yeah, this is a great one. And I'm so pleased Georgie touched on it. And I think Rotaro is a brilliant business. We'll be working together pretty soon, which is awesome. The main difference, as I've mentioned, is the kind of solvent that you use. You know, perchloroethylene, great solvent for removing stains, highly toxic, nightmare. Water, pretty good, universal solvent, needs a little bit of help trying to remove greasy stains. You know, we've all tried to do it where you put olive oil on top of water. You can't dissolve the two things together. So there is a lot of development that has taken decades to get to the stage where unique combinations of biodegradable chemistry can be used with water to remove stains and get items clean that typically you would have to dry clean in the past. So the most topical one is a wool item, right? This is something that everybody screws up at home and you go, fuck, this is two sizes below where it used to be. Um, Yep, we've all done it. (laughs) I was sitting here thinking I did one this week. I did one this week. Um, (laughs) Um, And the main difference is that dry cleaning machines run really hot. So kind of between 80 and 120 degrees centigrade. Um, But the fibers never get actually wet. That's where the name comes from. The solvent's trying to just sit on top of the fibers, removing stains. Whereas when you add water, the fiber does actually get wet, hence the wet cleaning of it and the name. And that unique combination of chemistries does a few things compared to dry clean where you just throw it in and it gets rid of it. The first is that in the machine, you initially coat the fibers with a protective layer, a bit like clothing sunscreen. And any areas of the clothing that have stains don't get protected. So it allows the chemistry to only act on the stains and not the whole garment, which is really cool. So when you add the detergent in, it only attacks the areas which are unprotected, i.e. the stains and not you know, anything else, make it really effective and minimizing the chemistry you need. Then you do a similar thing to laundry where it's conditioned and softened and then proofed again, ready for rewear. That's different to dry cleaning in that wet cleaning does actually add a layer of protective film on the outside of your fibers, which allows it to repel stains slightly and makes them last a lot longer and prevents them from degradation. Whereas dry cleaning does not do that. You know, it just just evaporates off. Um, So there's an enormous saving in terms of the garment and its lifetime. Dry cleaning typically allows a garment to have a lifetime of a year, year and a half. Wet cleaning that item for the same period will extend its lifetime by two to three years. 
which is obviously a huge saving when we're trying to reduce the amount of clothing that we buy over time. And I think that the other big takeaway is the energy requirements. Wet cleaning is performed at 20 degrees or less. So we often use you know, cold water temperatures. So the energy required to heat that water is so much lower than heating it to 80, 120 degrees of solvent, which is what you use in a dry cleaning machine. So there's that enormous saving as well. So there's all sorts of facets yeah, around it. Yeah, it's and a I lot. We talk about it for days. <laughs> you know what? We could listen for days. This is actually really interesting. Um, this is really, what's interesting about this is it's not one thing. It's not like, we use a different product, so it's better. It's like there's multiple levels, which is a business case in itself. Um, I'm, I've got to add lib some questions now because I've got a few after this. So how in the industry of cleaning, dry, wet cleaning in general, um, how is this being perceived? Because I imagine a lot of old school dry cleaners are like, you know, we've been doing this for years. It works. This is what we're up to. We're not going to change it. My dry cleaners, he's like, he must be like 70 and he's been doing it for a very long time. So how are they, how are these old school dry cleaners seeing this, this new way of cleaning? Well, it's not even new, I imagine, but a new way of cleaning and are they adopting it? Is it popular now? Like what's the, what's the reaction? Yeah, I think the adoption of wet cleaning is somewhat slower in the UK than around the world. I, I think that's because legislation, let's say in France, for example, has said that within the ring road around Paris, you are not allowed to operate dry cleaning machines anymore and they're being phased out. Therefore, people have to buy wet cleaning machines or, or alternatives. So they're forced to do so. You know, California, it's illegal again. Canada, exactly the same. And I'm sure the UK will catch up over time. So one is that in other countries, people are being forced to adopt more sustainable practices by law. The UK hasn't done that yet. And what you find is that um, legacy players who are honestly some of the most incredible people I've ever met, they really love their work. You know, they are artisans of clothing and garment care. And I think they're willing to try things, absolutely alongside their existing technologies and what you typically see is this like real hybrid approach where a, a dry cleaning facility has all of the perchloroethylene machines and slowly they're starting to you know trial wet cleaning machines you know one of the UK's biggest chains that everyone will recognize the big yellow and green um, kind of high street that we will all probably have walked past before are now trialing wet cleaning in their facilities for the first time and their business is over 120 years old, but it is happening. It's just taking some time. And I think that very, very quickly, we're at that nexus where people will adopt it much faster as consumers demand it, which is the big driver. Yeah. Do you know what? We, is, that's a, a consistent um, comment that we've had throughout all of our seasons and that we always say it's two things. It's con consumer-led um, and cons consumer habits and opinions and like forcing brands to make change but then also the governmental um kind of level of we pretty much can't make any change without laws being changed so yeah you've commented on those two sides there but um that's really interesting I really wonder I'm going to speak to my dry cleaner next. I don't actually have a reason I, to go to I, the dry cleaners right now but in preparation for this and I had some stuff at the dry cleaners because in my local area they don't they they don't have a wet washing machine and I was speaking to them about it and he said he's looking into it because more and more people have started asking for it. And I thought it was really interesting because he's had his business. He's got two um, 
two branches and they've been running for 40 years. He said, we've never, ever changed anything. And now we're looking to make those changes. So I was like, yes, get in. I'm glad that these old, like these old establishments are really starting to think about what their consumers want and what their customers want, because not, not to sound rude, but the generation that was, that didn't know better and didn't understand anything other than what the service was there, the just the generic dry cleaning and didn't think about the products being used. You've got younger people now and people that are more aware of sustainability and ethical living that want to have these changes and want to have a better service. So it's good that these businesses are now learning. Um, can I just ask, because this is something for me that, because when we spoke to Georgie last year, or was it the year before now? I don't even remember anymore. Um, um, with wet washing, I'm never sure what is actually safe to wet wash and what isn't. So could you maybe just, just like a brief overview? Mm, yeah. And the simple answer is actually anything is safe to wet wash. The cycles of wet cleaning vary depending on the materials. So the way that you wash leather and suede is very different to the way you wash wool, which is very different to the way that you wash a plant-based derivative like cotton or something like that, tensile. So actually you can wash everything. The critical part and the very difficult part to do at home is the forming. So the stage, when you wet wash, typically on average, the garment will shrink by about 10 to 15%, um, which doesn't happen in dry cleaning because the fibers don't get wet. It's that wetting which causes that and then the, the drying stage as well. So you do need a slightly specialist skill set to form the items back into shape with steam, then hot air, then cold air, kind of blasted through the garment to stretch it and relax it back into shape. That's the tricky bit, is that final step. The bits before that's relative, well, for Oxwash, it's all automated. It's really incredible. I find it just, I could sit here and listen to you talk about this for the rest of the day, because I just find it so interesting. But just, I'm sitting here listening to the science, like, yeah, this is great. That is cool though. So it's like, you can do it yourself, but you know, there's, there's some risks. There's some risks that you're going to have to take if you want. Yeah. I guarantee you that wet washing will become a staple in people's washing machines in the next decade. Yeah, I think the main difference is, like I've said, are the chemistry set. You know, at the moment you have two drawers, you pull it out, you've got your detergent, where you might add vanish in as well, and then you've got your conditioner. That's it. Whereas I think very quickly, and you're starting to see, machines come on the market that have up to six different chemistry lines that will allow you to do wet cleaning. Um, and then the key other differentiator in the kind of very, very cutting edge of wet cleaning is that you actually give garments a shower rather than a bath. And what I mean by that is in a washing machine, you kind of have this you know, bath of water at the bottom and the clothes get hammered into it again and again and again to try and get them clean. Whereas in a wet cleaning cycle machine, the garments just sit floating on a very small amount of water and then they're showered with the mixture of water and chemistry from the top. And then gravity pulls the stains and biologicals out of the fibers more naturally instead. And that's going to be something that slowly comes into domestic washing, I think, in the years ahead. Yeah, because I've seen, um, what is it, the LG Styler, I think it's called that big, massive one that they do. It's like a, it's like a dry cleaning or steam system that you can have in your home. And I've been looking at it since it came out, but it launched in the US and Canada a couple of years ago. You know that I am, I am really, I really <laughs> But I think it's such an amazing innovation to think that you can have your 
proper clothes up. You, they don't have to go into like a washing machine or anything. You can hang it up and I think they get steam cleaned and all the different detergents and things that go into it and, this, and the chemicals that they then, they'll tell you what to use or like you said, there's different chemistry there. But you've got something that's come, that it comes out, it's completely, it looks brand new. It's ironed, it's steamed, it's cleaned without having to go through that rigorous washing process. I'm a big advocate for them and I want to buy one, but I'm just, I'm just holding out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because they are actually so expensive. Yeah. <laughs> That's the problem. Yeah. Um, right, so we're going to move on to the last question of the day. But this one, I feel like you probably wouldn't have been asked this too much because it's basically asking all of your secrets. Um, but we wanted to know, just because we've got an audience that is really, I feel like if you've listened to Sustainably Influence from the beginning, you must be really interested in washing because it's pretty much all we talk about. Um, so. I want to know what methods our audience and basically me can adopt in our own homes to keep the washing process green and what should we avoid because I feel like there are certain items of clothing that I will always send to a dry cleaner and now I know I need to send to a wet cleaner um, and wet washing but there are lots of items at home that just go in the washing machine and now knowing all of these chemicals that we use aren't so great um, I really want, yeah, I really want to focus on what I can do as a consumer who goes to normal shops and buys normal products. Um, what can I do to make sure that I'm doing my bit for the environment? Got it. Yeah, this boils down to two things, slow and low. So most modern machines have settings that kind of eco wash profiles that are, when you hit the button, the kind of time of wash just does this. And that, that is frustrating because you're like, I need my stuff clean. But actually, the, the amount of time that it adds to the wash cycle is exponentially better in terms of energy saving, your garment life cycle, because it doesn't get pummeled around as much. It's much more gentle that it is worth doing and just set it, you know, going if you can bear it overnight or at the weekend when you head out for a couple of hours. It's definitely worth choosing those settings. I think consumers just need to be slightly more patient when it comes to washing. You know, we all want to have our clothes clean in 35 seconds. It's like, you can do that, but you'll wash the clothes to pieces and then the garment won't last anymore. I think there needs to be a slight shift in our mindsets. And it's something I think we can all do, which is like, I will be patient with my garment, allow the process to occur more slowly, but it means I can enjoy my clothes for much longer and many years to come. So that's the kind of slow aspect. And you can also add into that overnight soaking in, you know, a bucket of water, the cold water and fairy liquid or vanish, for example, to really just help remove heavy stains. That's quite useful. Um, and then the kind of low is low temperature washing, right? It's, it's really simple. 85% of people in the UK wash above 60 degrees, which is nuts. And for a lot, yeah, it is still this? nuts. <laughs> Well, yeah, I think nobody likes to admit it, but when you actually ask, we recently did a YouGov poll with, with Vanish to just work out what people did at home because it's quite opaque. Everyone's so different, right? And has their own fragrance cycle, like laundry day, like the whole lot. Um, and it was scary. Yeah, 85% of people wash over 60 still. Because like on a regular like, basis? Yep, absolutely. And on average, the UK wash four wash loads a week across all households but obviously young families and people like that have you know four an hour <laughs> it's just nuts um so it's completely different but low temperature washing is critical 
sector not only reducing the energy demand and therefore CO2, but also increasing the lifetime of your, your garments. I mean, we've all heard the stories of when at the end of EastEnders, you flick on the kettle, the national grid goes, fuck, I'm going to explode. <laughs> all this energy needed to heat. Like everyone's tiny little kettle is like this big, right? But think a washing machine with all that water, heating that to 80 degrees isn't far, far beyond, well, far below boiling point. The energy requirements are massive and therefore the CO2 emissions from that are also just astronomical. Washing at 20 degrees or even better, just cold, cold water is great. Absolutely brilliant. I feel like a lot of people would wash, like I'm trying to understand the mindset, but they would wash on 60 or above because they feel like their clothes aren't getting clean um, if they aren't hot that I guess that's what the thing is and I have a thing I only wash on hot and I'm going to put myself in blast here I only wash on hot for my towels so mm -hmm. is that okay yep can I ask why why do you only wash hot because with my towels? Told me to... <laughs> yeah that's that's literally why I do it's because yeah. my nan towels. does it because my mom yeah. does it you boil towels yeah and that's it but I think yeah I've brought it down because I used to do 60 when I was younger and I thought, but they're coming out exactly the same as if I do it at 40. So I was, I always had it at 40. I always, sorry, have it now at 40 when I do. Yeah, but 40 towel. and 30 are the same. So it does, that's, yeah. so, so but in my mind, you, I know what you're number. doing. Move over <laughs> Bianca, Kyle, in the washing world, <laughs> what should I be doing? Am I, am I being a bad person? Is this bad? What washing above? 30 or washing, washing towels hot washing towels hot and like I wash my towels hot and my cleaning um like the like the things I've cleaned the bath and the toilet with yeah okay so I think this is where people used to wash hot a lot and it's been handed down over time yeah. because a it absolutely used to work a lot better because the chemistry that was brought out you know the original aerial laundry powder needed hot water to dissolve in the water to then remove the stains but now modern chemistry that's often gel, you know, sachets or gel in the drawer doesn't need a high temperature to dissolve in the water to then act on the stains. So we've kind of moved beyond that stage. And actually, the other facet was around disinfection. You know, everybody knows that washing something hot will kill bacteria, fungi, viruses, things like that. But actually, nowadays, modern chemistry has in it, you know, bactericidal, fungicidal, viricidal, biodegradable chemistry. Dettol, laundry cleanser. I put great Dettol product. in everything. So yeah. I, I don't need to do both. Exactly. That's it. You've got okay. it. You know, add Dettol, wash cold. Happy days. Right. Yeah. This is really cool because we are like learning about, we're, we've never said that we're like super experts. Bianca is way more than I am. But um, we're like learning as we go on. And we have been, you know, with this podcast. But we have so many people that listen to this podcast and there'll be thousands of people that I'm sure are listening and they're like oh shit I do that and now they won't do it and this is so cool like this is like the small changes that I'm hoping that we can make is that we're not going to wash on hot oh my god yeah I mean that's it oh I'm so glad that you brought up about the washing machine and the eco wash because I am one of those impatient people so I looked at an alternative and I thought well my washing machine does a 30 at 30 and I thought, oh, okay, I'll use that because at least it's a cooler wash. But essentially, it's not, and I've just been ruining my life and my clothes. So I'm going to put everything on the eco wash now, um, especially 
it, my one, I always wonder because it seems to sit in a pool of water. I've tried it a couple of times and I thought, why is it just sitting there? Why isn't it wishing around and beating up the clothes? But there's a reason behind that. It's because it's better. <laughs> so I'm so glad that you brought that up. Thank you for my own personal learning. And hopefully somebody else was making the same mistake that I have been for years. We all do it. Yeah, we all do. It. I think it's it's like you need a large number of people doing something imperfectly, but trying to do the right thing than a small number of people doing it perfectly. So it's incremental changes, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. This has been so eye-opening for me. It's it's funny because, as Charlotte said, we talk about sort of like laundry and cleaning and all these different things quite a lot. And I think there isn't an episode where we haven't mentioned it in some capacity. So to have a full dedicated episode, it's literally, it's the best thing in the world. I feel like you're going to leave this recording and be like, oh my God, I just spoke to the lamest girls ever. No, like, not at They all. were so geeky about this and, and you're just like... I love it. I find people that actually love it as much as me. (laughs) Oh, but at least you know all about it. This is great. Right. So let's um, close up then. So in terms of finding you on the internet, where can we find yourself, Oxwash and everything that you're doing? Absolutely. So we're at oxwash.com.uk as well as at Oxwash on Instagram, LinkedIn, um, Twitter, the whole lot. Um, And download our app if you'd like to try us out today. And in the very near future, we'll be serving everyone in the UK, not just in the capital and in Oxford and Cambridge. So that's really exciting. Amazing. At the moment, you're zone one and two, aren't you? Yeah, so we're very central. We have our first London lagoon is in Battersea. Um, So we kind of serve a big ring around that, uh, which is kind of our first base. But we'll be rolling out very quickly in the next few months. Yes, excited. Yeah, I'm very excited to try you. But this was fantastic. Thank you so much. And I'm really looking forward to seeing all the comments on this one because I was wowed. So I'm sure lots of our audience will be wowed too. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. This has been fun.